episode 171 sex hurts welcome back to the one extraordinary marriage show where we talk about sex love and commitment i'm tony de lorenzo and i'm elisa de lorenzo and we are excited to have you guys here with us today on a pretty heavy topic you know we're going to talk about when sex doesn't feel good but before we get into that we're gonna get into a little bit of what's been going on we got some awesome hugs this week from Mm -hmm. folks and um you know first and foremost folks i just want to say we love you we love you so much and we know many of you out there who are listening are at the brink of separation divorce um there's lack of communication. There's no emotional intimacy. There's no physical intimacy in your marriage right now. And one thing we hope that we can do through the show is give you ideas, give you how to's, and most of all, give you hope to change, Mm -hmm. to make a difference in your marriage. And sometimes that means we got to look at ourselves. We got to look at ourselves in the mirror and go, what am I doing? And we talked about that last week. And I bring this up today because just in the last two days, I think between Twitter and Facebook and emails, probably gotten about five messages, people getting separated, people, uh, spouse come up to them just saying, Hey, I want a divorce. And, um, gosh, this morning got two more, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it just hurts. It hurts. Um, I love you guys. I really do. And so, excuse me. Mm. When we get those, I just, I'm just, I, I just want to make you better. I do. I want to hug you. I want to let you know it's going to be all right. But at the same time, some tough love has to come about too because it's not all just happy, good feelings. You know, um, you gotta know you got to this place because things have happened over the course of years, months and weeks. And as much as we'd love to just snap a finger and it all turn around and it would all be better. It doesn't happen that way. I wish we could do it. I wish I could do it. You know, our heavenly father, he can, he can perform miracles and he does them to this day. But I want you to know it's a journey. It's a journey to get to better. And it's a journey to get to great. And it's a journey to get to extraordinary. So realize that, understand that, that you could be at the pit. And you can be at the bottom of that pit, but you can claw your way back out. And with the help of good programs, listening to us, going to a counselor, a marriage and family therapist, what have you, it's going to take time. You know, it's going to take time. And I want to bring up, you know, Elisa and I at Year four, when Elisa walks into our kitchen and tells me I want a divorce, it we didn't go from year four to year 16, you know, 
in a blink of an eye and everything was good. Heck, year four to year 11 were still struggles at times. Yes, there were blips of amazingness, you know, of us together as starting a family, you know, getting out of debt, all that sort of stuff. But it's a journey. Year 11 to year 16, five years. Five years we've been on the journey from going ho-hum, just going, our marriage is good, living in that, to it is extraordinary now. And we, yes, we have our days, we have our moments. Heck, last night we were having some fun in in bed, you know, Elisa was initiating, it it was her night to initiate, Um, you know, she was getting, we were in some foreplay and all of a sudden, uh, Elisa's nodding off. You know, as she's giving me a hand job right there in the bed, I'm going, what is going on? And she can laugh now because we, we've talked about that. But in the moment, it wasn't funny, but I couldn't like I was in such a deep state of relaxation that I couldn't bring myself out of it. She called it the relaxing penis this morning. I mean, I, I was I was seriously like my whole body. It was, you know, like if you're reading a book. And you start doing the head bob thing where, cause you're like reading and you're like, your head flops and you're like, oh, I'm still reading. I'm still reading. I, that was what was happening to me in the middle of the hand job. It was like my hand, like it would slip. But <laughs> I, yes, I got, it would slip off. Got, but I'm like, so, you know, and that's, that's not one of my finer moments. I mean, yay that I was initiating, but B that I was in such a deep state of relaxation that it didn't go anywhere. Right. And, and so, uh, just pulling this all back, folks, y- you can make a difference in your marriage. And, and sometimes, again, I'm going to go back to episode 170. It starts with you. Your spouse may not want to make a change right now. Your spouse may just decide it's over. But you can make a change in you. Well, and that's, you've heard us say it many times. And if you're a new listener, you'll be hearing this for the first time. But you need to know when you look in the mirror that you are giving a hundred percent to this relationship. Yeah. Whether or not that's reciprocated for your own health and well being, you need to be able to look in the mirror at the person that's staring back at you and say, I'm giving everything. I know that I am giving everything. I, I'm I'm being present, I'm working on communication. If your husband or wife doesn't reciprocate that, that is them. That is them. You take care of what you can only control. Let's be very clear about this. You can only control your actions. How they are perceived, received, and acted upon, that's the other person. Uh So make sure that you are doing everything in your power to make your relationship the best that it can be, wherever it is today. And and typically, folks, when we hear about why somebody wants a separation or a divorce, it's, it's usually because of complacency. Mm-hmm. You know, we get so used to that other person that we don't do anything. We plateau. We just hang out. We, we just go, oh, they'll, they will always be there. And we take them for granted. And you know what? We've said it before. And you don't know. Don't know if they're going to be there. So love on them each and every day. And again, It's going to be a journey. And Mm -hmm. so that's just where my heart 
is this morning as we begin this show because I just want you to know we love you. We love you. Got some really good hugs this week. We're going to start it off with a voice a voice um, message that we got in, and um, here we go. Talk about extraordinary. What is it, like 170 episodes now of your podcast? It has just really gone to, as Cliff Ravenscraft would say, the next level, everything that you do tied with the podcast and other related services. And it, I think it's really struck a chord with people because you, you share good common sense advice and information that uh, bears repeating because as humans we need to have things repeated to us quite a few times before they really sink in, especially to uh, some of us married men, you know how that goes. And just want to thank you for putting out the show, being so consistent, 170 episodes. That's phenomenal. I wish you the best as 2013 rolls on and into the next year. You guys are really rocking it, but you already know that, Tony and Lisa. And, Tony, it was good to uh, meet you at New Media Expo in Las Vegas a few months ago, as well as briefly at Blog World in Los Angeles the year before, and hoping to uh, maybe meet both of you at the next New Media Expo in Las Vegas. Represent there. Maybe uh, get you into some of those podcasting awards. There's definitely a category I think you guys could sweep. Anyway, I'm going to let you get back to your one extraordinary marriage one extraordinary marriage podcast. I can't talk sometimes, which is strange in my line of work. But back to your show. Have a great time. Bye. Awesome. Thank you. And that is a, an amazing listener um, that I have had the fortune of meeting a couple of times, uh, like he said, at New Media Expo. And for those of you who don't know what New Media Expo is, check it out. Uh, it is in j- early January mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. It's uh, held at the Rio, and Elise and I will be there this upcoming year. Hopefully, one of us speaking. And the other part of it is, is that last year I was there as at the podcast pavilion. I actually volunteered there at the podcast pavilion on the expo floor and helped podcasters do their show right there from the floor. So it was a lot of fun for me um, to talk about podcasting, but really interesting to talk to these folks about their marriages because a lot of them are business folks or consultants or coaches or they're uh, app developers, what have you. And so when I got to get in there and, and talk about the one family and what we do on our show, it was amazing how I was able to impact some of these folks. Well, and I think that's something that happens to you and I wherever we go. Once somebody finds out about one, there's this barrier that's broken because we're so transparent hmm. about what we do that it's very, um, it's very disarming for others and it allows them to be vulnerable with us. So I think that's why that happens virtually everywhere we go. Tony often laughs that I can walk into a crowd of room and as I start talking to people, I will leave with knowing the life stories of the first five women I talk to. It just happens. But let's, let's jump into this episode. Uh, This is a topic that we have received numerous requests about over the last three and a half years. It's a topic that there's very little information on. 
And this is what happens when you are dealing with sex that hurts, whether it's because of illness, because of injury. Um, There are a lot of different reasons why sex would hurt. And we're not really going to get into all of the reasons why it could. And we're not doing an emotional, we're not talking about the emotional hurt. We're talking more of the physical physical hurt. hurt. Physical, you know, your body, hip pain, shoulder pain, back pain, uh, you know, what you're undergoing cancer treatments, you're, you know, whatever, right. Physically it, it hurts. Yes. And, you know, as I was doing a lot of research for this, the, the tipping point for us actually doing this episode was that we received an email uh, a couple weeks ago from a listener, um, it's actually a husband writing in and his wife has arthritis and he says, all of our other intimacies are covered, but it just isn't enough for me. My drive is, ex- is extremely high. In other words, if I go 24 hours without it, I'm jonesing. Masturbation seems like the only option. I can't manually pleasure her because it hurts her back too much. And she likewise can't do that for me for the same reason. I feel myself getting bitter, even though it's not her fault. But even worse than that, I'm getting bitter at God. What would you do in a situation like this? We're too young for this, and our sex life has never been good to begin with. Is this what we get for doing it right and marrying as virgins? He says, honestly, I don't know what to do, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. And then he closes it with, could you guys consider this a general topic for a future show? And... This is a tough one. It's a tough one because there's a lot to unpack in this. There is the emotional aspect of having sex. There is, you know, when somebody is, is chronically ill, uh, there are physiological changes that are going to their, through their body that make them feel less attractive. Mm-hmm. And when you don't feel attractive, I mean, folks, you know it. If you're having a bad day, you don't necessarily want to get naked in front of your spouse. And so if you're chronically ill and you string a lot of these days together, that becomes a pattern. And so it's, it's a matter of looking at what are the physiological changes that are producing the low drive, because we know that there are many, many medications out there that impact sex drive. It's one of the, you know, 5,100 side effects that are listed on virtually every pharmaceutical out there somewhere. Typically there's a side effect that says, you know, sex drive, you know, and unless you're getting Viagra, most of them inhibit sex drive mm-hmm. and that, yes, that's a sweeping generalization, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And, and let's, let's talk about that though, real quickly, because modern medication is usually you have an ailment. Let's give you a pill for that. Symptom specific. Yep. And realize, and you may want to look in your, your medicine cabinet and start looking at those and going, how many am I taking? And what's it really doing to my body? Mm-hmm. And it, it may take some time to start uncovering what's going on. But you may find that some of those drugs are really impacting your libido as well as your emotional desire, you know, that impacts your sexual desire. Yes, you're having the physical ailment, but compound that with the medication you're using is just dropping. It's like a double whammy. Yes. And, you know, one of the things that I discovered in researching for this episode 
was that most people are not talking to their doctors about their sex life when they're being treated for something else. So let's say, you know, in this listener's case, wife has arthritis. She's going in, the doctor's asking her how her arthritis is, what are her symptoms, that type of thing. He's not asking necessarily. I haven't been in any of these conversations, so I I don't want to say specifically, but he's not asking, well, how, you know, are you having problems with your sex life? You know, that's not because he's focused on the arthritis. That's his treatment. You know, that's his specialty. That's what he's focused on. And what a lot of the research is saying is that you as the patient have to be the one to talk to your doctor about your sex life. You have to bring it up to them because they will not. They're probably just as uncomfortable talking about it as you are. And the reality is, is that it's not impacting them. It's impacting you. Right. So you've got to, you've got to view diminished sex drive as a symptom that your doctors need to be aware of. And, you know, again, we are not medical doctors. Nope. Do not get off of any of your medications without discussing it with your physician. I, I want to be very clear. We are not saying get off your medicine. We're just saying to investigate what your medicines are doing to your body and impacting your sex drive. Well, even just the birth control pill. This was an interesting thing that I found. So, um, you know, oral contraceptives, you know, start releasing hormones into your body. Well, those same hormones that they're releasing can diminish your sex drive. So here you are, you're taking pills so that you don't get pregnant, but it's having the compounded effect of lowering your sex drive. So you're not interested in sex. Well, that, that'll definitely keep you from getting pregnant if you're not interested in sex. Yeah. So if you have a physical ailment, this is one area to start looking at. Now, where do you go from there? Because you're probably going, well, Tony and Lisa, that's great. I'm going to go to my doctor, tell him I'm not having, you know, the pain's still there. My sex life is in the pits. So what do I do? Mm-hmm. Uh, Lisa and I tend not to go through Western medicine that much anymore. Yes, we have medical insurance. But, you know, we're going to cover ourselves in the event that a broken arm happens or something of that nature. When it comes to internal ailments, mm-hmm. we're not typically going to our doctors. And if we are, we're very selective and we actually interview them. And in any plan you have, you have choices of doctors that you can go to. I believe it is in our best interest to check some of them out, learn about them, talk to them, interview them if you, can, if you have that opportunity. Talk to your friends. Talk to your friends. Find, Find out, out. they're going to, whether or not they like them. Because here's the thing. We give the medical establishment so much power. And, and granted, I mean, they, they've spent a lot of time learning their craft. But you're the consumer. Mm-hmm. If your doctor is not a good fit for you, does not listen to you, d- is not able to understand your communication... It's time to find another doctor. Mm-hmm. The other thing that we have been going to, we look for at homeopathy. So this is alternative. This is looking away from Western medication and pills and, you know, cream, steroids, all this sort of stuff. And we're looking at a natural way to overcome what is ailing us. And believe me, we've had many of these over the years. And you guys have heard 
some of them, not all of them, but you know, we have our ailments as, you know, I'm turning 40 this week. So, you know, I've been in my profession for 15 years. I have ailments with my shoulders and my backs and my, my legs and my feet. And that has to do with sometimes just my normal extracurricular activity. When you hike from Mexico to Canada, you know, for four and a half months, there are ailments that happen because of that. And I've gone to massage therapy, um, chiropractor, chiropractor, acupuncture, acupuncture, homeopathy. I've done all these things so that I could overcome those ailments without the side effects, without the side effects of pills. And yes, the pills are great because usually it stops it quickly. The adverse effect is, Hey, I can't, I have no desire for sex. So, or, or it doesn't treat the underlying problem. problem. It's only treating the symptoms. So, yeah. you know, explore alternative medicine, you know, homeopathy has been around for hundreds of years and it's, it works, you know, it's, and it's natural. And so, you know, homeopathy, it's like, I know a number of uh, homeopaths and I mean, they start treating children, you know, literally from birth. And, and are able to, you know, address a lot of the issues and have phenomenal results. Just, you know, the same, if not better, in some instances than Western medicine because they're treating the whole person. Mm-hmm. Um, and be prepared. When you talk to a homeopath, they're actually going to talk to you in depth because they're not just looking at your symptoms. They're looking at all of the different physiological, environmental causes and things like that. The other thing that we really need to address when we're talking about sex that hurts is we need to address the communication that's going on between spouses. When you are chronically ill, that is a hard thing to share with your spouse. I mean, you're, you're living in this relationship. You, you know, they can see that you're hurt. They can see that you're miserable. And they may even be your primary caregiver. Which changes the dynamic mm-hmm. in the relationship from being you know, husband, wife to being caregiver and receiver. And with that shift, you know, mentally that shifts to how you relate to one another. And, you know, again, reading a different article was talking about sometimes you need to bring in additional care givers, you know, so that you can even just for short periods of time, be husband and wife again. Let somebody else take care of the, that caregiving role and, and just sit on the couch and hold hands. Do those activities that you can do. And that, that's, that's really at the crux of this mm-hmm. is that there, for many of you listening, for some of you that will listen to this, you know, will find this podcast for, you know, in different ways, you may not be able to have intercourse. That that may be something that your marriage does not have anymore. You have to look at each other and have the conversation. What can we do? Now, when you're saying you're saying actual penetration, penis Penetra- into the vagina. Yes, okay. vaginal intercourse. Okay. Sex in that definition. Okay. As I got asked last week at a conference or at a workshop, when somebody said, "This is just an aside," so I was like, "When you say physical intimacy, what do you mean?" And I just looked at her, I'm like, I'm talking about sex. <laughs> and you could just see all their eyes get big as saucers. Like, did she just say that? Um, but there are lots of things that can still be done. 
that are physically intimate mm-hmm. in a marriage. And we know this because I remember one year we did the seven days of sex challenge and there was a couple who could not have vaginal intercourse. Yep. And they talked about how over the seven days of sex challenge, their intimacy blossomed because of the time they spent together, because of the conversations they had together, because of the devotions that they were doing together, because they made it a point to to sit on the couch and hold hands, touching each other for seven days in a row. And I remember getting their email. I remember the emails that we got from a listener named Chuck, who was in a sexless marriage. He wasn't even sleeping in the same bed as his wife because of his ailments. And when he found the seven days of sex challenge and proposed this to his wife, they started figuring out ways to work around that. Yeah. And, and Chuck, if I can recall, had some, some hip, hip. injuries, yeah. hip replacement, you know, reclining, like laying down in a bed was not comfortable for him. So he would sleep on a recliner in the living room downstairs. And his wife is upstairs in the bedroom. Right. And and so they they work through this. There's that communication. You know, how do we do this? Chuck did a lot of research and found these wedges that he was able to purchase and use and put them in his bed so that they would give him comfort. I don't know what those wedges are. If if you were having an ailment like that, I would look up like bed wedge, pillow wedge, something of that nature. Google it, see what you can find. The thing is, if if you have the desire to come up with, and you know, I I feel for this listener that wrote in. Mm. Oh yeah, because he's obviously the you know it sounds like he's always been the high desire spouse. You know, he talked about. Um, sex life was never good to begin with probably because she's been in pain Mm -hmm. for the majority of their marriage. And you know, he has this desire and no, this is not some punishment for marrying as virgins. You know, this is not something that, you know, you should have slept around with before so that you wouldn't be here at this. No, this is, this is your life journey and it's not an easy one. And we make, we make no bones about that. This is a struggle because, you know, our sexual needs are there. Yeah. But it's a matter of looking at your marriage now and saying, okay, well, if we can't be in a reclined, I'm just going to throw the missionary position out there because that's the one that everybody, you know, most people default to. You know, if we can't be in a reclined missionary position, are there other positions? Are there other things that we can do that are sexual in nature? that we can make work for us. But you're going to have to talk about it. You're going to have to experiment with it to see because your your situation is different. And the spouse who has the physical ailment, this is a tough part because, man, you've been dealing it with it. You, you have the pain. You have the hurt. And your mind is wrapped around that mm-hmm. so much that the even the thought of like, gosh, I need to do this is just not there. You don't want to. And I really challenge you to just think through what are some of those, you know, and if you can do this just on your own, not with your spouse around, but just move your body 
in ways that you are pain-free. Or minimal pain. Or minimal pain. Wherever you are. Yeah. But think about that. And I know with kids running around and this and that and rot, yes, there's lots going on. But if this truly matters to you and your spouse, to find 10, 15 minutes once a week to just sit down and go, okay, if I move my body this way, am I okay? If I move my body that way, can I have less pain so I can do something? Is it, is it, you know, it may not be vaginal intercourse, but can I sit in a position where I can give him a hand job that I can take his penis and rub it against my body some way, somehow, you know, it's things of that nature where we don't think outside the box. We only go, well, it has to be, you know, vaginal intercourse and that's it. And it's, it's nothing. It, we can't do anything more. One of the, one of the articles I was reading last night even talked about warm baths or showers. You know, we did an episode a while back on, you know, the whole bath water experience and why that's so important. Well, rub a dub dub, rub a dub dub. The same holds true if you're not feeling well warm water is very soothing. Mm -hmm. And for most of us, it has a relaxing effect. And so maybe it's just being naked in the tub or shower together. You know, that skin to skin contact, you know, Tony and I talking for the last month now about cuddling up. There is something amazingly wonderful about skin to skin contact. And that may be where the two of you start. Hmm. Because it's just that touch that we are so, so desperate for. I read so many forums this week researching this about, you know, the, the caregiving spouse just wants to, just wants to touch. In a loving way, not in a... Not in a yeah, not necessarily in a sexual way. I mean, there is that, that space of sexual intimacy, but there, there's a desire for touch on both sides. Mm-hmm. And I was on uh, the marriage bed. Yes. Last night. And they were talking about how with the effects on men and women with decreased sexual um, frequency. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. And how for men that, you know, tends to increase desire, increase, you know, it's easier for them to get aroused. They want it more. Oh, and guys, you know this. I mean, for, for most of you anyways, that the less we get it, the more high strung we almost get. I mean, it's like we turn around and we have a heart on and we're just like, where did that come from? You you know what I mean? But it's just a simple thought of your spouse and you're just ready to go. I I know I've been there. (laughs) I I usually know. I mean, granted we've got the intimacy lifestyle, but prior to that, I mean, even now was, Oh, it was when I was sick, like at the beginning of April, I was like, I was sick and I got my period. And so there was about two weeks we didn't have sex. Maybe 10 days. It felt like two weeks to Tony. Probably felt like three months to Tony. Because as soon as I was healthy and my period was over, he's like, are we ready? Can we go now? Tonight? Right now? Um, The flip side, though, is that for women, most women, when they are not, you know, when they have diminished sexual frequency, their arousal levels go down, their desire goes down, and they fall into this pattern of just not even wanting sex. Right. And so you have these two, you know, with diminished sexual frequency, you have these two polar opposite reactions. And, you know, it's like, how do you get back to the middle again? 
and, and recognizing that because I know I've been there. Like if we don't have sex, you know, for whatever period of time. I'm like, all right. And yeah. again, th- that's stereotypical. I know. It, it, we know it, we have many listeners that are. It reverses. Flip-flop. I mean, heck, I know a number of couples where the woman is the high desire and she's just like, boom, ready to go. Boom. Right. And the, then the husband's sort of like, eh, okay. You know, no big deal. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. So right. yeah, again, it may flip flop role reversal may be happening in your marriage. Understand. The important thing to know in all of this guys is that when sex hurts, you're going to have to work harder in this area of your relationship. You're going to have to get creative on this. You're going to, you're going to have to spend more time figuring out what works, what doesn't hurt, what the sick partner is capable of. It does change the dynamic. It doesn't mean you can't have a fulfilling marriage. It just means that it looks different for you. And quite honestly, our sex lives look different in every single couple. Yes. So, you know, you're not being set apart. I mean, if you asked Tony and I about our sex life compared to our neighbor's sex life, I'm telling you it's two different things. And what we find fulfilling would be completely different. What works for us is completely different. And you guys know that. We get comments every once in a while. We're like, ooh, where'd that come from? You know, when we suggest something, you guys are like, yeah, no. (laughs) And that's fine. It doesn't work in your marriage. You guys go out and you find something that does. Because physical closeness is critical. We were designed to touch and feel and have that be a form of love. And especially between two people that are married. So if you are the sick spouse listening to this message, touch your spouse, touch them, talk to them about what's going on. If there are, if there are body image issues, share that with them, share the pain with them, not to make them feel bad, not to draw them in, but to give them an understanding of why it hurts and why you're so reluctant because if it hurts once then you don't want to do it again and that perpetuates that cycle of well if it felt bad i don't want to do it and i'm not going to do it and i'm not going to do it and then all of a sudden you're in a sexless marriage break that cycle get creative talk to each other talk to your doctors find out what all those drugs are doing to your sex drive not to get off of them necessarily but to understand you know, because so often if a doctor prescribes something, we just take it and we're like, okay, good. If, if he says this is going to work and we don't necessarily read the microscopic fine print side effects, mm. but they impact us nonetheless. I mean, I remember, remember when I tried the Nuva ring? Yes. Oh. oh my gosh. I tried, this was one year at Thanksgiving, like the week of Thanksgiving, I'd gone to my gynecologist trying, uh, you know, different form of birth control because I didn't want to do the pill. She gives me the Nuva ring. I put it in on Tuesday. Thanksgiving was Thursday. I woke up Thursday morning thinking that I was going to die. I had so much pain in my abdomen, uterus area. I, I, I literally, I thought this was it because I was just, I mean, I curled up in bed crying 
And Tony's like, what's different? I'm like, I don't know. I went and saw the gynecologist. And, da, da, da. and he's like, take it out. Take it out. Just take out whatever that is. Just take it out. And it took me about 12 hours to the point where I thought I was going to live. But you know, I really, I thought I was going to the emergency room because the pain was so bad. I mean, here was something that was supposed to help me, you know, birth control, that whole kind of thing. The side effects were horrendous on my body. You know, so you've got to talk to your doctors. You've got to educate yourself. You've got to educate them if something is causing problems with you. And, you know, look into alternative medicines. It's not for everyone. It's not for every ailment. But don't be limited by the two-by-two box that most of us live in. Because most of us live in a box. We don't go outside our comfort zone. We don't step out of the boat. We don't do any of those crazy things that would rock things up and change things around. Well, I'm telling you, if sex hurts in your marriage, it's time to get out of the boat and go find something different. Mm-hmm. Your marriage depends on the two of you getting educated. And honestly, for this couple, you guys are young. You know, you need to be seeking some alternative now. Honestly, I mean... I'm going to turn 40 and I have no doubt, God willing, I'll be here into my 80s or 90s. And I'm so blessed. And you know what? That's a long time to be living with ailments and pains. And so I'm constantly seeking ways to alleviate those. And yes, sometimes even myself, I will take way too long and I'll let it go thinking about it right now i've been meaning to get a massage for the last like two months and i have a free <clears throat> coupon for how long now two months when did you get that coupon christmas no but i've been wanting to use it over the last two months mm-hmm. 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 yes for my beautiful wife that was my christmas I'm just present. saying, i got you a massage for christmas and you still haven't used it i haven't and you know what because sometimes we're just stubborn and we'll find reasons personally we'll find reasons why i can't make it over there you know, I'm not in that area of town. She's has certain hours, this, that, and the other. Well, look at now I'm, I'm paying the price for it. You know, I've been having some shoulder pain, both arms. Yeah, I have to take responsibility. And, and you think, oh, Tony, well, that's no big deal. No, it's a big deal when I'm laying down in bed and I'm on my side and my, and my shoulder actually hurts. You know, or when I'm trying to make love to Elisa in a missionary position and my, my arms are straight on the bed and I feel pain in my shoulders, it hurts. So I can totally relate and I can, you know, again, we do this show because it honestly exposes what we do wrong because we're not perfect people, you know, and it makes me, and it reminds me that, you know what? Yes. I need to go just call that masseuse work out all these these tense muscles that are just holding me back. And, and I know that's probably a big part of it, just from my head to my toes. I just need a nice, solid, deep tissue massage. Okay, I'm laughing because one of the things we talk about when we're coaching couples is no excuses. I know. No excuses. No excuses. So what are you doing after uh, we finish this podcast today? I'm going to call that masseuse and make an appointment. That didn't sound very convincing. <laughs> Did you all hear that? I want everybody to write in and ask Tony if he made his appointment. Just comment on the Facebook page. But seriously, guys, we don't want you to be missing out on the physical intimacy in your marriage. 
there's a reason it's listed as one of the six intimacies. The physical part matters. It matters. And it may be something as simple as the two of you figure out that that you can sit on the couch and hold hands and you're just like rubbing, you know, your thumbs, you know, your fingers next to each other and you're just kind of playing, you know, hands or footsies or, you know, you can lie in bed naked and the skin to skin touch doesn't hurt. And so you do that or you, you do massages or you, you know, take walks together, whatever it is. But if you want to get sexual about it, then you need to talk about that too. You know, what works for you? Mm-hmm. Can masturbation work? Is it okay if you're able to ejaculate on your spouse? Is that okay with you guys? Does that fulfill that area for you? And some of you may be squirming, but truthfully and honestly, if it is okay with the two of you, it's okay between you, your spouse, and God. Have fun, enjoy it, think outside that box. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing, what everybody else is saying is good, bad, or indifferent. Do what you enjoy. Do what pleases the two of you, and especially if you're in a place where sex hurts, you really got to think outside that box. Mm -hmm. Again, you know, that's where you guys are going to have to stretch yourself because you're not able to do missionary position. You're not able to do rear entry. You know, those hurt. So what else can we do that allows us to be intimately close together and be satisfied? And you're the only ones that can answer that. You are. Tony and I can't tell you what that is. We can give you suggestions. But that's, it's going to come from conversations and from experimenting. And some of them you will not like, and some of them you will just love. And that's what it's all a part of. And that's why the sex, the intimacy lifestyle is so important. For even those of you who don't have physical ailments, that's why the intimacy lifestyle is so important. Because you get to try new things, try new positions more than once a month. Heck, just see, just two weeks ago, Elisa and I, we found a new position that she enjoys and oh, I yeah. enjoy, you know, when I'm going down on her for oral sex because, and again, look at, we've been doing the intimacy lifestyle for three years and we just found a new way. So we're constantly evolving and growing in our marriage. And just because sex hurts doesn't mean you can't try some new stuff, talk about some things and really break out of what that box is that you believe sex is between you and your spouse. Oh, I hope that we've been able to shed some light for those of you who have been hurting sexually when it comes to that physical touch, that physical intercourse and allow you to seek out maybe some help from different folks and also look inward and see what may work in your marriage. If you want to get in touch with us, we'd love to hear from you. Our number is 858-876-5663. You can email us at info at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Please continue to rate the show, write a review. We love those, and it shows, and it lets everybody know 
how you've been impacted by the One Extraordinary Marriage Show. We love you guys. We hope you have a fantastic week, and we'll catch you next time.